everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why Heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. It's, it's, it's so funny, guys. We scheduled to start this a half hour ago. And Francine and I have been talking for a half hour, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, we should be we should be filming this. What's going on?" Oh my God, it has been a half hour. I just looked. It's been, we've been talking for a half an hour. We've done half the podcast, and we didn't record anything. No joke, no joke. How, how many years have we been talking about doing a podcast because of our telephone calls? Oh my God, it's been at, probably at, at least three or four, probably that we've been saying we should, we should do a podcast because some of the stuff we talk about is just. So funny. Well, at least we think so. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of really interesting conversations. We have. We've had a lot of interesting conversations. And you know, it's interesting too, when we would go to conferences and you and I would just talk around like a booth, there would be people that would come up and want to figure out why we were laughing so hard too. Because our voices carry. And when we laugh- That is true. Everybody in the convention center can hear us. Yeah, you're right. They're like laughter at a food safety conference. What's going on? What are they laughing about over there? Because everybody, everybody can hear us. Our voices project. Yes. Yeah. Whether we mean for them to or not. Our voices project so much, guys, that it it took us. This is like it took us what five episodes, four episodes before we could figure out our mic because the guy who is who's helping us with the mic. It was telling us to put it like to the true third section on whatever this is called. What is this called? The, the game. game. Sorry. We literally are technologically inept. Um, <laughs> and we had to like pull it down to like one third because our voices <laughs> carry so much. The poor mic is like. Wah! These little marks on the sound meter down here just like explode <laughs> <laughs> off yes. the screen. <laughs> they can't see my hand gestures, but they're like. <laughs> They just explode. So what we were laughing about, you know, when we, you know, first started recording was I pulled a map of the United States off to show Matt, who's listening to our podcast, it, because, you know, we, we talk about this because we're just so um, astounded and appreciative and overwhelmed by the response to the podcast. Yeah. Um, today, I wanted to look at, you know, we know that people in the United States are listening And I wanted to see, you know, how much of the United States is actually listening. It's great that we're in our home country. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I wanted to see how much, you know, we've got all of the East Coast, which um, is, except for Maine and um, West Virginia. So anyway, we're lacking the entire Midwest. I don't know. Something's happening in the Midwest. But we are in um, 40 of the 50 states. 40 of the 50 states and the only states that are, that haven't been there are Maine and West Virginia on the East Coast. And then eight Midwestern states? Yes. Uh, come on, Kansas. Come on, Missouri. I just wrote an article about you, Missouri. Oklahoma? You know what? I have a nephew in Oklahoma. What is going on? Right, right, right. Come on, let's get, we need, you know, this is our fault. We have family and friends in those states. We do. We do. (laughs) Nebraska, South Dakota, (laughs) North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming. 
we need to do something. Do you know anybody in New Mexico? We've got to know somebody in New Mexico. I know somebody in New Mexico. And then we were also talking, we've added some more countries, right? Peru? Peru. And um, there was another one. But still no, but still no Brazil. No Brazil. Yeah, which is very sad. Okay, so my former business partner, Valmir, we're, we're calling you out, man, because we know there's people in Brazil. Your former and my current. <laughs> and Francie's current business partner. <laughs> Come on, Valmir. We need you. Wait, Francine, aren't your programmers in Brazil? <laughs> I do believe they are. <laughs> <laughs> for my food source? Hello. <laughs> Francine had me bring props today for something that I think she thinks is going to be gross. I'm not quite sure. But are we doing that for this Have episode? Matt? Have faith. Yeah. <laughs> Does that okay. little southern accent come out? I'm not even from the south. What just happened there? <laughs> I work with a lot of people from the south. I just pick up everybody's accent. <laughs> you know... <laughs> So when I was traveling and working a lot all over, if I would spend a couple days in the South, I would pick up that accent in a matter of hours. Then I would go to the Midwest and I'd start pick that up. And then I would go to New England. They'd be like, are you from the Midwest? (laughs) (laughs) So you know what I, you know, I found out actually working with a lot of different people from a lot of different countries in a lot of different states. The accent is not as hard to comprehend and understand as the timing. And so what I would do is I would practice the timing of speech to match there, wherever I was. And then that would help me then understand what they were saying just because of the timing. What I mean, like obviously in the South or the Midwest, they, they speak a lot slower than like Italians from from New York and California, right? So um, slowing my speech down helped out a lot, but it also helped me understand them. So this is super interesting. Dialects, people will consistently ask where, and they do this to my daughter and daughter as well. We, We talk about this a lot. Pennsylvania has more dialects than any other state in the country. Really? Which is- fascinating because people will ask where we're from and depending on where they're from like right now she lives out near philadelphia and she'll answer and they'll be like no i mean where are you from and and she'll say again (laughs) no i'm from pennsylvania but but no where are you from and then she'll (laughs) tell them where she was raised and they'll be like oh well that explains it well what does that mean (laughs) right exactly what does that mean but um Yes, because we have like multiple dialects within the state, depending on where we're from. And apparently the area that we're from is very unique in the way we, right. in the way we speak. And it's interesting too, like my kids will say like, oh, they have a very, they have a, they have an accent, right? And all, and I say to them all the time, we have an accent. And they're like, no, we don't. And I said, yeah, we do. And they're like, well, when we watch TV, that's how we speak. And I said, yeah, because Hollywood exported our accent everywhere, but we have an accent. And it's, and it's an interesting conversation to have like with your kids or whatever, because everybody has an accent to somebody else. I, I, by the way, this has nothing to do with food, <laughs> nothing to do with food other than uh, some of those places on that map have accents that we don't have. <laughs> or we have accents that they don't have. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> to that your is, point. Uh, okay, so what are the topics today, Francine? So I think today that um, we should talk a little bit about home 
food safety. We've already established through um, other conversations that every year in this country, 48 million people get sick from eating food and 3,000 people die, which is astounding to me, um, being that it's 100% preventable. Nobody should ever get sick or die from eating food. Shouldn't happen. We're never going to completely eradicate it. It's going to it's going to happen. It just it's yeah. never going to go away. But we could certainly minimize it. And I believe the place to start those good habits and to begin the prevention of foodborne illness is at home. Yes. By having good habits at home. Um, we could start those teaching those habits early. Some of the behaviors, well, all of the behaviors that we learn are, you know, we learn at a very early age, you know, from washing our hands or not washing our hands. We learn very, very young and we learn those in our home. And um, a lot of it is just simply people don't know. They just, they don't know. You know, they've taken home ec out of a lot of schools. Um, I don't think they call it home ec anymore. I don't know what they call it. Consumer sciences or something um, in the schools now. Uh, they've taken that out of a lot of schools. It's not even taught at school anymore, which I think is a huge mistake. Yeah. it's You know what? I took, I took home ec one because the home ec teacher was my grandmother's best friend and I had known her forever. She just passed, sadly, but I used to call her Auntie Toots, but that was not her name. <laughs> her name was Sue Amaral. But so I had to call her like Mrs. Amaral at, at school. But I, one, because, that, you know, Obviously, that was kind of cool that I got to take a class from her. But two, because I knew there'd be a lot of girls in that class. I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, wait, let's see. What type of uh, electives can I have? Uh, Shop? Well, I'm not really interested in woodworking. I'm not interested in fixing cars or anything like that. Um, Home ec? Heck yeah. Like – 80% 80% girls, and I, which makes sense because I was also in choir and drama. <laughs> Got to give you an idea of what my passions were in high school. <laughs> it never occurred to me to take shot because there would be a lot of boys in that <laughs> class. <laughs> yes. I, that, yeah. Well, guys and girls are different. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. <laughs> and I ultimately met my wife in choir, so it worked. It did. It worked out for you. So the other thing is that, you know, people don't realize that, you know, when you get food poisoning, the perception is that, you know, I'm going to throw up and have diarrhea and I'll be fine. Yeah. People don't understand that a lot of these, like 2 to 3% of all foodborne illnesses lead to serious secondary long-term illnesses. It's not always a matter of I'm going to be in the bathroom for a couple of days. Right. It could be kidney dialysis. I mean, you, you like shut your kidneys down. And then you die. You, you know that phrase ESND? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 so it's eat. It's inappropriate. I know. Yes, I know. Okay. All right. Just curious. I'm laughing because, because uh, I know. You may want to explain it. I'm laughing because, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. So obviously our podcast is uh, don't eat poop. So um, eat S or poop. And die. It, it, it happens. It, it, it absolutely it does. Um, well, you know, I don't think we ever explained. And I've done this in a couple posts on um, both Facebook, um, Instagram, and you know, on on LinkedIn as well, because we both have you know a huge following on on LinkedIn. But people look at the title of the podcast and they're like, "What? Yeah, what? Yes, <laughs> what? I don't yeah. know that people eat eat." poop. Really? What, what are you guys doing? Well, there was a reason for the name 
of the podcast. It's not like, like people are sitting down, you know, like the, the diagram on the, you know, the artwork. Yeah, grab <laughs> a fork. really happen like that. <laughs> <laughs> but people unintentionally eat fecal matter yes. rather regularly. Yes. And the vast majority of the foodborne illnesses that we see on the news comes from fecal coliform. So E. coli, salmonella, et cetera, comes from fecal coliform. So it's pretty nasty stuff. It's nasty to begin with. The thought is nasty. And so that's kind of why you and I created the, the podcast name is, yes, it's tongue in cheek, right? Nobody's eating poop, but you don't know sometimes. You don't know. And uh, so by kind of making it blatantly obvious, um, it, it then then it kind of makes it uh, uh, makes more people aware of the possibility of that you're eating poop. Right. Which is, you know, again, how we came up with the name, but again, yeah, right. Back to what I was saying, you know, these secondary long-term illnesses can be very serious. Like you said, kidney failure, salmonella can cause reactive arthritis. Listeria can cause meningitis and stillbirths in pregnant women. Campylobacter can cause Guillain-Barre syndrome. So there's a lot of really serious long-term illnesses. And the list goes on, you know, as far as what these secondary illnesses can be. And, you know, like I said, so many people just don't realize the extent of how serious and debilitating these illnesses can become. So, and where do they come from? They can come from a variety of things. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really one of the main poop. reasons why 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 we were we're supposed to wash our hands because when you use the restroom, it's on your hands, particularly if you're in certain countries. Like not India, me. Right? I do not get poop on my hands. But I, I, <laughs> ever, I, ever. I am just saying, I do not. And I bet it smells hands. like flowers too, in perfume. <laughs> you bet you. <laughs> <laughs> This is where my husband walks in. No, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, let me tell you. So anyway, when people are, let's go with kitchens in their homes. Um, we talked about washing poultry and the fact that people should not wash their poultry. No. Though people will argue with us all day long about why they should or shouldn't wash their poultry. Washing your poultry does not get rid of salmonella. It does not get rid of campylobacter or any pathogen that is on the poultry. The only thing that's going to get rid of that, those pathogens is cooking the poultry. Right. And actually to the, to the, on the opposite side, when you do wash your chicken, where are you washing it? In your sink. Unless you're going outside and hosing it off in the driveway, which <laughs> You know, then there's a whole myriad of other issues that we, we can discuss. But you're most likely doing it in the, oh my, oh my, I'm sorry, I just killed Francie. Um, get yourself together, Francie. I can see you out there with the garden hose spraying off the chicken. Yeah. I'm sending one of the children out there with the hose. Well, the I, mean, I mean, it's, it's easier to pluck them once they're wet. After you've cut the head off, <laughs> yeah, because then all of a sudden all that chicken gunk is all over your sink, and it's and it's it's bad. Well, not just the sink, but it's splashed everywhere. You know, yeah. it's up on the countertops, it's on the you know whatever towels or sponges, God forbid, or whatever they have laying the clean dishes in the next sink over, right. um, whatever else is laying all or over on the- your shirt on yourself. And then you're, you know, when you're cooking or whatever, and you do this now, all of a sudden you have so under your, I mean, let's talk 
I could harbor enough bacteria under these fingernails to kill a small country. My nails should be <laughs> my nails should be nowhere near a kitchen. But you know, underneath your underneath your fingernails, you know, it's it's all over the place. So yeah, you don't want to be handling that poultry any more than you need to. And, you know, another thing that people have started doing lately, in addition to, you know, the things in their in their home kitchen, is people have started using the ordering these meal kits. Yeah. You have a large family. You're not ordering meal kits. No. You'd have to no, order I would, 20 I would meal have to kits. Order, <laughs> I'd have to just go to the distribution facility and be like, can I just buy the facility? Can I just buy it? I mean, you've got the Costco truck. <laughs> yeah. Distribution right? truck. <laughs> yeah. The 18 yes. wheelers pulling up at your front door. <laughs> With the with the groceries, <laughs> forget the meal like, kit. Uh, would you? Are you really taking this whole pallet? Yes. And the things like beep 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 beep. <laughs> so, because of what we do, we know the risks involved with ordering meal kits. We knows we know the pros and cons. The pros are that this all everything shows up for the meal, pre-portioned. It's there. It's ready to prepare the meal. Conceptually, it's wonderful. Yes. But this is what happens. That stuff has, whatever has happened, you know, assuming everything went perfect when it was prepackaged at the facility, we don't know what happened between the facility and the time it landed on your porch. Now, a large percentage of those don't come to your door at the proper temperature. How many people do you think open those boxes and check the temperature of the product before they put it away? Oh, zero. So, well, it isn't. It isn't zero because. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm against using absolutes in in general. So, I would say uh, a very minute portion of the population. Well, and then probably very few look at the expiration dates on the product yes. when they open them and put them away. So, when I did this, when I ordered these kits. And I ordered from two different companies because I thought it was going to make my life easier because I just didn't have the time with my husband taking lunch to work and not having a lot of time when I got home. I thought it was, again, going to make my life easier. So I ordered two different kits. I ordered one thinking that it would make it easy for him to take lunch to work and then one for a couple nights a week for dinner. Neither one of them showed up at the right temperature. Are you serious? I was taking temperatures when they were delivered. They were both Neither one of them showed up at the right temperature. Um, they were both in the temperature danger zone, meaning they were, in this case, they were over 45 degrees, not just over 41. They were over 45 degrees. Wow. And the one kit consistently came in with stuff that was out of code. The stuff was either expired or it would be expired. It had seven days worth of product in it. It would be expired before all the stuff in the kit could be used. Called that company twice. Really? I even, and I'm not somebody that's going to call and say, hey, this is my name, says, hey, this is my name. This is what I do for a living. Just not the person that does that. Right, 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 right. Google Google my name. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. What, you don't know me? I'm not that person. Um, (laughs) So, and then I, after I called, like the second time, third time maybe, I and I did cancel the subscription because I got I remember talking to Darren about this. I was so frustrated. Just not because it was mine, but if this is happening to me, it's happened to a lot of other people. And I right. I know the risks. I'm checking the temperatures and I know darn good and well most people aren't doing this. So and by the way, when she says Darren, when she says Darren, she means Dr. Darren Detweiler. That's not her husband's name. Um, and we've talked about him in other episodes, so go check him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. So I'm like super frustrated that there's total lack of concern about the issues that this can call. One of those companies, by the way, ended up having a significant outbreak with the Terra Flower, right? It was Terra Flower. Terra Flower, yeah. Yeah. Um, several months later. So it's a real issue with these kits and the lack yeah. of oversight is my, I guess, the point that I'm getting to, just the lack of oversight and the regulatory I don't want to say efforts. Efforts is the wrong the wrong word. It's just it's, they're kind of falling through the crack because they don't really fall under any particular jurisdiction. They would still fall under the FDA. It's not that they don't. I'm not saying they don't fall under the FDA. Yes, they fall under the FDA. But when you get into where the stuff is, wherever they're being packaged, yeah, or wherever, that's where the problem. You know, it's the e-commerce. The whole e-commerce thing right now is just such a cluster. It's it, it, it's interesting. As more and more tech industries get into food, valuation of tech companies is very different than value, like economic financial valuation, what the company is worth of a tech company is very different than the financial valuation of what a company is worth in a food company. And so a lot of these tech companies are getting into food, are trying to create tech and business model first, because that's where the value, high valuation, and where the majority of the influx of money is going to come in for, for investments to, to build these things out is that business model that the technology behind it is actually more important than the food side of it, right? And so it, it's like the emphasis is more on the tech side and the business model side, the distribution side of it than on the actual food side of it. So it'll be interesting to see as there are more and more issues and more and more quality issues, et cetera, if their food compliance doesn't increase as well. Um, because I don't see that going away. But I, I wonder if the investors may end up becoming more interested in making sure that the food is good and is healthy and is, um, well, healthy is probably a big selling point for, for these companies, but, but, um, and is safe because, uh, you know, a couple more of these outbreaks that like what you said, and some of these companies are not going to be very interesting for big investors to invest in regardless of the technology and regardless of the business model. Um, I mean, if they if they end up like a you know losing a ton of valuation because they got a bunch of people sick, it, it's 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 not going to be there anymore, right? Well, and somebody in their quality assurance department, or you know, they should have known. Well, they probably did. It, uh, the issue isn't known. The issue is the culture of the company and whether or not. Um, that the person who knew or knows about the issues is able or has enough authority to then uh, fix it, change it internally. I, I was gonna, I was going to the flower. Oh. I was gonna go to the flower, not the dates, because that was a that was an issue in itself, and is an issue because I'm sure that was happening across the board. Right, but that could be a supplier issue, and unless they're testing for their suppliers, then they may not know, because there's a big difference between some like a, a supplier issue, food safety on the supply chain side of things and making sure that those suppliers are providing you the, the, the product that is accurate in terms of shelf life, accurate in terms of quality, and then also in terms of safety doesn't have you know any type of bacteria or chemicals or anything like that. So you have to have a supplier side of quality and food safety as well as an internal 
side of quality and food safety. And so right now it, it looks like they're losing on both sides. Uh, like the supply chain is not doing well because they're bringing product in that obviously had some issues. I, I don't think that those issues happened within their own four walls, but providing consumers product that's over date and, and broken of the cold chain and cold chain is making sure that the product is at the right temperature from, um, from arrival from the supplier all the way through whatever processing is done within your four walls and then um, exporting or I shouldn't say exporting because people think that that goes to a different country, but distributing, distributing to wherever it goes to the consumer or to the restaurant or to the, the grocery. That, that cold chain should not be broken. And that's actually a very big issue. Um, and one of the things that we tackle a lot with my current company in with uh, traceability for new air partners as well is is that cold chain aspect of of that and so that is their own internal processes that are not being followed because i assume that they've already written them so they're i'm about, about to do a webinar where i talk about this about the difference between having practices standard operating procedures within within your four walls within your supply chain what you expect and actually doing them logging them, performing them, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of times when we would do audits, when, uh, you know, again, I had like 400 subcontractors in two different, three, four, four different continents, most of them in two continents. People had beautiful SOPs that they would pull off the shelf and then dust would fly off. <laughs> you know, like they obviously put like they wrote them, put them in the binder, stuck it on the shelf, never opened it again. Well, that, that's, that's awesome. Beautiful. You wrote a book. But you didn't follow it, and and uh, so that's what I'm saying. Culturally, they may have it. Their food safety and quality people may understand that there's an issue, but they may not have the power to actually do anything. And you and I've talked about this a lot. And I just crossed the line. I didn't mean to cross between consumers and and just I wanted to stay on the consumer side of things during <laughs> yeah. this podcast. I did not mean to go over that because <laughs> anyway, we do this all the time. Uh, no. You're absolutely right. And people do. I mean, we've both experienced situations where they pull these beautiful binders and now everything's, you know, well, not really, but technically a lot of things are done, you know, digitally, but they do, they pull these, they write these books, they pull them off and, you know, they haven't been open since they were written. Yeah. But if we go back to the consumer side and let's just say within our own internal houses, we have the same exact thing, right? I mean, we could, we could handle cold shell, um, cold chain from the, from the grocery to our house and into the restaurant, I mean, to our refrigerator, whether or not that that, I mean, how long is that, that chicken sitting on the shelf? I mean, on, on the counter before it ends up back in the refrigerator or how long is that chicken on the counter before it ends up in our oven or on our stove or our barbecue? That's, that's our own internal cold chain. And a lot of times we know better, but not, but we're not practicing what is right just because we get lazy or, or we think we don't have enough time or tired, et cetera, et cetera, a myriad of different things. And so knowing and practicing, whether that be from from whoever you're getting the product from or in your own house, is still the same. Right. And I want to break my rule again. Proof suppliers, too. It goes into, you know, making sure that your approved suppliers are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Back, you know, to what you were talking about. Are they doing what they're supposed to do? Are they following those rules and regulations that they have put in 
the, the policies and procedures that they have put in place. It's part of their responsibility to know that. So I know you were looking up some stuff to like actually talk about within the house. What are some of the things that we should bring this back onto the topic of our own kitchens? So oftentimes people think more is better when it comes to cleaning off the kitchen counters and things like that. More is better. We all know we've talked about, I love bleach. <laughs> I love bleach. When it comes to that, more is not better. Cleaning with bleach as far as wiping off your kitchen counters and things like that is a good thing. But we're talking like a tablespoon of bleach to maybe a gallon of water, not half a gallon of bleach to a gallon of water. More is not better. More is not better. Let's talk about the the reusable bags. Oh, God, I hate those things. Oh, I do too. I don't like them either. Why don't you like them? I, well, for, for a myriad of things. One is I have ADHD, so I always forget them, right? Like, I'm like, okay, and so I, I don't know, I don't know about Pennsylvania and Maryland or, you know, the 14 states that you live next to, Francine. Francine has the option to like just go across whatever border, which, <laughs> depending upon whatever laws she likes the best. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I lived in California and they created a law that you had to buy bags for 10 cents or whatever. And then Colorado just enacted that this year. So this is annoying that you have to pay for them to begin with. And, or you had to bring your own bag. And and then when you don't bring your own bag, everybody looks at you like you're, uh, you know, you're killing turtles or whatever, which is ridiculous because the majority of the plastic that's in the ocean is not coming from the United States. Actually, the majority of the plastic that's coming from that is in the ocean did come from the United States and Europe, but it's from all the the recycle that we stick in the trash cans that then get sent to Asia and then now, now that's not profitable anymore or all the plastic that isn't profitable gets thrown into the, the, the rivers and then sent down into the ocean. So it doesn't matter now. But the other thing is, I mean, other than just just not liking the, 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 the whole entire idea of, of this, the other thing is they're extremely unsafe. You're putting chicken, you're putting meat, you're putting all this, this, this junk in there. And unless you decide to make – you know, Francie's concoction of half a gallon to a gallon of, of uh, you know, two to one chlorine in water <laughs> and, and spraying that thing down all the time, uh, you, you're going to cross-contaminate because do you have a bag that you use only for meat and a bag that you use only for vegetables and a bag you use only for bread and all the other stuff that's in the middle of the grocery aisle? No, nobody does that. And I definitely, if you have the baggers do it, I guarantee you that they don't know how to how to distribute everything. Even if you put meat on the bag, unless you're there, you might as well just pack it yourself. But those bags get nasty. And in fact, there was a study just recently um, done at, when, with this whole entire reusable bag thing that showed just there's E. coli, salmonella, all these different pathogens in those bags. And so – when you use those reusable bags and you are not sanitizing them, not not I'm not talking about cleaning them even, sanitizing them, then you're eating poop. Sorry, guys. Your daily dose of poop. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It doesn't even have to be in a pill form. You don't have to eat it off a plate. You just consume the products out of your bags. There you go. Yeah. Why don't you like them, Francine? Well, for all the reasons you just said, I don't I don't use them. One of my, you know, again, pet peeves with these bags is and you're right. People don't, people don't clean them. They don't, no. like you said, forget sanitizing. People don't, well, people don't, I, people don't clean them. Then they don't sanitize them. And God, you don't know what you put in that bag the last time. Now you put poultry in it the last time. Now you're going to take it 
yesterday. Now you're going to take it and you're going to put your produce in it. And then tomorrow you're going to put your kids' toys in it. And, you know, because you don't just use it for the groceries, you use it for everything under the sun. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't, I think they should just burn them all. I, you're not. <laughs> I, well, I mean, the reason why these things exist is because they're supposed to be environmentally more friendly. And you're like, let's put toxics and chemicals in the air by creating a mass bonfire of plagues. Wait a minute. We've already, we've already established that I've got a chemical contamination going on. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. The two to one chlorine to water, uh, or I should say water to chlorine concoction that you're- I was kidding, by the way. I was kidding when I said that. <laughs> yeah, because it's the reverse, right? It's actually two parts chlorine, one part water. Is that how that is? <laughs> My hands were dripping blood when I pulled them back out. <laughs> it ate the skin right off of my, ate the skin right off of my hands. <laughs> to tell you how many pair of gloves I go through because they dissolve as soon as I stick them in. Oh, that reminds me. I need to call that guy from Eagle. This is this is great. Now we're talking about who we need to call for our podcast on the podcast. That's fantastic. <laughs> there are no poop on my gloves with the amount of flirting that I use. <laughs> Yeah, there might have been, but there aren't <laughs> any more. You know what? It's interesting, though. We we should we should have a conversation about the difference between cleaning and sanitizing. I was just when you were talking about that. Yes, that, that wrote that down. There is a difference between cleaning and sanitizing, and you know, cleaning removes visible dirt. That's what cleaning does. Do you want to talk about sanitizing? Yeah, sanitizing kills everything. Sterilizing removes everything. Sanitizing reduces bacteria to safe levels. Yeah, that, that's why you have like three sinks and you still stick it in the, the dishwasher too, because it will sterilize, right? Will dishwasher sterilize? I guess it depends on how high the temperature is in the dishwasher. Fun fact, operating rooms are supposed to be sterile. It's supposed to be a sterile environment, right? Yes. Theoretically, they're supposed to be. The last time I had surgery... <laughs> My doctor came in on his cell phone. I'm like, um. That reminds me of a thing you posted about, what was it? Oh, where people used to use the phone and it was a phone booth. Oh my gosh, I still remember phone booths. And then um, and then you're like today where people use the phone and somebody's sitting on the pot with their with their <laughs> remember that meme you posted on that was a long time ago, but like that used to read a magazine and now they're looking at their phone. And that is how poop gets on your cell phone, and then they take it in the kitchen and use the phone right. in the kitchen and why there's poop in the kitchen. There you go. Now you're eating poop. You know, I thought we should do an episode describing why our title is the way it is, and I think we just did it. Yes. How many times did we say poop today? Oh, a lot. Well, this we just scratched the surface because there was a few other topics you want to talk about, but we don't have time. So we'll have to we'll have to there this could be a, a bunch of we could we could have a lot of episodes on all the different things that people do at their house. We still have to do our, our TikTok. Yeah, we can't leave without the fun stuff, Matt. So there is on TikTok, it is called a healthy Coke. Instead of drinking Coke, it's called a healthy Coke. Did you get ice? Okay, I saw I saw this, and you put vinegar in Coke. Is that right? No, 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 no. We're going to make one. What you do is you take a tablespoon of balsamic vinaigrette okay. and put that in your cup. I, I didn't get a spoon. Ah! See, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
TNT just squirted. What did you do? Shake up the, your soda water before you used it? <laughs> this happens to me. Every flipping time I open something carbonated. And you don't even live in Colorado. Like, like right in Colorado, everything is like because I live in Colorado Springs where I'm even higher than Denver. Everything is like super pressurized. Um, yeah. So my, my cup, uh, Francine has dad on it. You see that? So because we have so many kids, my wife was sick and tired of washing three sets of glasses for every child. We had every single, she, she bought like these metal Yeti mugs and had them engraved with oh, that's nice. everybody's name on it. So I only have a na- name in my house. My, my house is, my name is dad. I guess some of my kids call me Mr. Matt, but you might want to explain to some people why some of your kids call you Mr. Matt, because that seems a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have 10, 11 kids. I have, I make my children call me Mr. Matt. They're not allowed yeah, to call yeah, me yeah. Dad. When I'm mad at them, you didn't do your homework. I'm no longer dad. I'm Mr. Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, uh, four of my kids are biological and six are adopted and I have a foster baby. So I have 10 kids in my house, depending upon if they, my, our house is Grand Central Station. So um, I have teenagers that have all their friends that basically live in our house. Like I actually asked one of my uh, son's teenage friends if he's going to be changing his residency to our house <laughs> because he's here so often. But yeah, so, but uh, three of my kids were much older when we adopted them. So they call me Mr. Matt. That's why. That's why. Yeah, I don't tell my children to call me Mr. Matt. They can call me dad if they want to, but they don't. Okay, so we have balsamic vinegar. By the way, I should tell you that I drink apple cider vinegar and soda water with lime on a regular basis. It grosses my wife out. But I've never done balsamic vinegar. Oh, I love so it. So this will be fun. I love I love balsamic vinegar. So a tablespoon. Tablespoon. Of this, it says to the oh, look. Look at this; it doesn't like automatically mix. It's kind of pretty. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you guys. Francine has had a towel on the desk, and she basically just cleaned her whole entire desk with the amount of water that sprayed out from the. Oh my soda god! Water. I don't know <laughs> what the issue is with this, but okay, I don't have. And so then I guess you just add the water, right? Well, I put the water in first because I thought it would mix better, but yeah. Oh my gosh, my, my wife was telling me different things that we should have on the show. Um, now she's she's giving uh, suggestions. And uh, one of them was mixing things like peanut butter, eating peanut butter with your finger, like uh, like Ted Lasso, and then just licking it and then sticking the peanut butter back. It's gross. Sticking it back where? In the cabinet for other people just to use. But now, but I'm done. I'm literally just mixing this in my fingers. Like I just did. I don't have a spoon. I'm at work. I don't, we don't, food safety people, we are. Oh yeah. That's so good. Oh. Do you like it? (laughs) (laughs) The look on your face. Not a fan, huh, Francine? Okay. I grew up drinking vinegar. We've got to do video. (laughs) Wait, so uh, being Italian, like vinegar was on everything. I never even ate vinegar. I like vinegar. I mean, I used to love Easter egg mm. dye. Ah, uh, man. This does not taste like Coke. This tastes, well, no, it's not going to taste like Coke. Well, it's supposed to be healthy Coke. Now, the ADA recommends, says that this is not a great idea. The acidity, acidity and the- could, um, could rot your teeth. Take the enamel off your teeth. Staining and the acidity could be an issue. But hello, we're talking about Coke as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so make when I, 
the comparison. Yeah. So when I do drink apple cider vinegar and soda water with with lemon or lime, I use a straw because the vinegar could take the enamel off the off of your teeth. But if you just use a straw, it goes right back to the back. Neither of those products in excess are healthy. So oh, I drink probably a six pack of Diet Coke a day. A six pack of Diet Coke a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Francine, you're you're. <laughs> You're literally drinking. You have a monster at your desk right now. It's <laughs> not a six pack. It's one. And honestly, honestly, I probably drink half of this a day. I Look, seriously. Really? This lid, the silicone lid, I put on that and drink the rest of it the next day. Oh, that's nice. That's a cool, that's a cool product. So caffeine actually helps me focus. So I drink like a pot of coffee. That from one ADHD person to another. <laughs> You've got exactly. coffee. Yeah, we're like, both of us consume an abnormal amount of caffeine. We just do it in different ways, I guess. You've got coffee. I've got Monster. I can't, well, you're, mm, I, I wish they could see the face. Oh. Well, I mean, I our guy, by the way, his name is Joe Diaco. Great guy. If you ever want to do a podcast, uh, if you ever think you're too busy to do a podcast, that is ridiculous. Francine and I are like the two busiest people. <laughs> And we're, when we do this, um, but if you if you need somebody, that guy is amazing. He helps us out, out, out a lot. But he was telling us, Francine, I, that's why I have all these lights on. I'm I'm going to download this. We're going to put this on video. Oh, you, well, you can't even see me for uh, why well, I, I can't see me. Maybe you. Can <laughs> <laughs> we could see you. Oh my gosh, that is I really like that. I'm going to switch to. I wonder what the difference is in terms of health for. Okay, so this has barrel aged balsamic versus. Well, the apple cider vinegar only has like the just the apples mm. and whatever. This has short, this is sweet. Yeah, I have barrel aged too. So it's like fermented. It's yummy. As I guess all vinegars start off being fermented, but that, that is really good. All right, so if you like vinegar, well, I mean, you like vinegar too, but you're not a fan. I love vinegar. I guess if you've been drinking apple cider vinegar for a while and you want uh, more like a dessert, balsamic vinegar. Tastes amazing. I it's love not, this. It's Thank the you, seltzer Francine. water I don't like. It's the seltzer water I don't like. It's not the oh. – it's the seltzer water. I love seltzer water too. I drink that all the time. All right. So speaking of trying things out from TikTok, I did the citrus in the shower. Oh, I was going to ask you. I did the citrus in the shower. And I have to say <laughs> everybody who said that that was life-changing lives a very boring life. I Yeah, I don't I – don't. maybe I picked the wrong orange. But I was frustrated with opening the damn orange in the in the shower. And I'm like, here I am supposed to be relaxed. And I'm like, I felt like I was peeling an egg. So one, maybe, maybe uh uh I chose the wrong uh tactile experience. I chose a different orange. But then okay, so then back to what we were talking about previously, where do we put the peels? And and so I have a bench, but then I was like, oh man, that's that's weird. So I but I put it on the bench. And then, but then afterwards, you have to clean the peels off. Did was there a citrusy smell in the shower? Yes, that was that was pleasant. But I think that would have just been easier with putting essential oils in the shower. And yeah, then there's eating in the shower. I'm not. I, I learned, Francine. Thank you. Uh, that I'm not a fan of eating in the shower. It's like one more thing to do. So here's the thing. All right. All you listeners out there, if you are a time hacked, like a, like a, like a, uh, a time hack type of person and you want to combine things into once and you already consume oranges in the morning, there you go. 
You could do both at the <laughs> same time and maybe save yourself a few minutes. Other than that, life-altering? Come on. Who who wrote that article? Although this balsamic vinegar in soda water, that, that could be life-changing. That's a good thing. So when Tracy put that message on there that says, I better not have to clean orange peels out of the shower. <laughs> I'm going to die. By the way, Tracy is my wife. Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting, though? So my wife, like, sheds in the shower. She's going to love this. She's going to love this. So there was, like, a wad of hair there that I just threw my orange peels off, and I uh. just <laughs> did both at the same time. So maybe that was good because I would never – I would have left her to do that, but – <laughs> oh my gosh, Francine. I killed Francine again. She she's just died. My wife my wife listens to these podcasts, by the way, so she's gonna be super stoked. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell her I just said that. I'm gonna have her hit me in bed when she listens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, it's 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 53 minutes so far. Well, for us, Joe will probably edit out some of this. <laughs> okay. Okay, Matt. Alright, so we should probably end this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Don't eat poop, guys. Even at home. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, Brazil. Come on, Midwest. Come on. Stuff it up. Yeah, you know how much poop they're probably eating because they have not gotten the memo? Getting sick.